This episode of Talking to Trailblazers is brought to you by Salesforce. In this digital work-from-anywhere world, Salesforce enables small businesses to create a 360-degree view of their customers, helping them build great customer relationships and supporting their path to growth. Salesforce brings companies and customers together. To learn more, head to salesforce.com forward slash au forward slash small business. Hey, good day, guys, and welcome to Talking with Trailblazers with Jack Corbett in association with Business News Australia. Today, I'm really excited to have an opportunity to speak to a really dynamic husband and wife duo who are making huge steps in disrupting and ultimately creating their own industry in the temporary chef labor hire space, mostly servicing remote working camps in Queensland and Western Australia. Proudly the 2019 Gold Coast Young Entrepreneurs of the Year, Mr. and Mrs. Craig and Lucy Johnston. How are you guys going this morning? Good morning. Morning. Thanks, Jack. Thanks for having us. How are you going? Thank you for putting the time aside. I'm amazing. Thank you. I'm not supposed to be saying this to anybody. So saying it publicly is probably a stupid thing, but I found out (laughs) My wife is five weeks pregnant this morning. Oh, so. congratulations. Oh, wow. Congratulations. With my, with my firstborn. So fingers crossed in oh. five more weeks' time, um, I'll be hearing some whinging and screaming. Oh, wow. That's, that's so good. That's huge news. Yeah. Talk, talk me through a little bit, because um, you guys obviously buck the traditional trend, right? I've, I've been saying to people, I've been trying to promote to people, you don't mix family or friends and business. Whereas... I've spoken to the Rust brothers who own Safety Line Jaloose. I've spoken with uh, Troy Douglas and his brother-in-law at Next Bar Beverages, um, Simon and um, Agneta Rawadi um, at Fabletic, your, your cell, at Slyletica, sorry, yourselves um, yeah. at TCLH. Talk to me about the best and the worst thing, Lucy, about working with your husband. <laughs> well, no, I am. Um, look, the first thing I will say about it is it definitely can be done, mm-hmm. um, which obviously we prove all the time, but it's not without its hard work. Um, probably the best thing about working with Craig is, and I'm going to sound like a real sock, and it's the only time I ever will admit to it, but um, the best thing is getting to spend all of my time with the person that I love the most in the whole world. Um, but that's it for me for Mush No More. Um, <laughs> and there's, <laughs> there's not really any worse points, to be honest. I mean, Craig and I are very um, optimistic and positive-minded people anyway, and, and if we come across a problem or an issue, we're very much in the mindset of never taking anything personally, dealing with it, and just moving on and, and letting go of things. So, mm. the, the yeah, no real negatives. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Can I, can I, well, before I flip it over to, to Craig then and ask that same question, yeah. what I have found, there's been many pros and cons to COVID and the situation where more and more of us are now working from home. I believe general happiness, um, general um, engagement and productivity are up. Yeah. I also believe that from being somebody who, like yourselves, you know, that natural workaholic entrepreneur, mm-hmm. one thing yeah. I from having an office is I knew I would turn up at seven, I would leave at eight, and whilst those were 13 long hours, I knew at eight o'clock when I left, I was getting better and better at leaving my work at work. You are so right. How does it work when you go home and the person on your board is the person stood across the, <laughs> across the kitchen table from you? I thought you were going to say something else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? It, it, 
I guess I, maybe I've just got used to it over the, the years. It's been five years since we've been in business now. Um, I think it does help that we're both utter workaholics and we're both very happy to be focused on work a lot of the time. But saying that, on the weekends, we do make a real point of switching off and we make a point of making a lot of effort for our relationship, making a lot of effort for our friends. We we purposely block time out to just say, right, now we're going to go on a really lovely date and be a couple and enjoy each other's company without, you know, without work. The same with socialising and seeing our friends. So we just make the time to do it. But other than that, it's it's spaghetti at night time with talks about yes. I was just trying to think to myself then when, when pillow talk becomes about profit margins. You... <laughs> well, that's just a given, isn't yeah. it? Like... <laughs> that's a bad time reading. Oh, wow. Well. I wasn't going to go there. But... <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Looking back over to yourself, Craig, I know that I'm a man that admittedly my, res- my primary responsibility in my life is to keep my wife happy. You know, there's very little I ever say no to whether I agree with it or not, whether I want to do it or not. It's just the most simplistic lifestyle for blokes like us, right? But when it comes to business, my partner in business, Ryan, will tell you that I'm very staunch to my beliefs. You know, if I think something is true or correct, then I'm going to put my heels in the ground and I'm really going to make sure my point is heard, right? Um, So I can understand you keeping your wife happy at home, but how do you go if there's a, a genuine disagreement? Not because one's right and one's wrong, but what happens when there is a difference of opinions in what is best practice for your business? Yeah, correct. I think um, that's a really a good question, Jack. We obviously, as you know, myself and Lucy are both um, directors of the company. We, you know, we own the company 100% outright as well, so we don't have anyone we have to report to. So, like, we we challenge each other. I think that's healthy. Um, at the same time, we we if there was something of a serious note, we would obviously do it behind closed doors, not in front of the staff. But I think um, it's. We, we, yeah, as Lisa said, we, we, we work through things, we're transparent and um, I think it's a good thing to always question each other but at the same time, we'll, um, you know, we are respectful to each other as well so that, that that's important and going back to the question with Lucy as well, Jack, I thought I'd touch on having a good work-life balance, especially at home being in a relationship as married, we're finding we work just as well in the business and outside of the business and um, no matter what comes up against us, we just we just deal with it, don't we? Yeah. It's. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good shout. I'm quite good at that. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, I've never felt that I sort of overpower Craig either. If he's got an opinion on something, and believe me, he has got some opinions. Mm-hmm. He is not afraid to, you know, voice them just as he would if I were a, a you know business partner that he wasn't married to it's good but it's like Craig said it's all about being you know we're respectful to each other we let stuff go and we take things as they are not personal Mm. no I love that and I think it's it's also sounding like by having clear definition to your skill set you know Craig is probably great at things that aren't your forte Lucy and vice versa 100% yeah trust and respect that person and saying no Craig we put you as the head of this decision or this department or this division so now that this decision falls inside that scope, whilst I'm going to share my two cents worth with you, ultimately the executive decision is going to fall on your shoulders. Definitely. Yeah, I get that. I get that for sure. How did you yeah. guys actually come to meet each other? Take me back before before business. Before <laughs> oh, wow. Do you want me to tell the story? You can tell Okay, well, 
Jack, we were oh, 21, God. 22. 21, I was yeah. 21 young. Look, I was working out on the oil rigs as a chef. I was working, you know, I think a month on, month off. So I had a few weeks off here. Last minute decision with the boys. We thought we'd go down to Byron Bay for the weekend. And it I just, was here as a backpacker. Yeah. I, I decided I'd had enough of life in England and I um, mm-hmm. quit my job and sold my house and jumped on a one-way ticket to Australia and thought, well, I'll just see what happens. On your own, Lucia, with some friends? Yeah, no, on my own, on my yeah. own. Yeah. <laughs> Break to Queensland? Uh, no, New South Wales. And then I worked my way up and down the East Coast and found myself in the same place as Craig on... Uh, was it Byron Bay? Is it yeah. Cheeky Monkeys, the Backpackers yeah. Bar? So yeah. Okay, I've danced on the tables in there before from good memory. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We did. We did. The first thing that Craig ever said to me was he came and he smacked me on the bum and he went, Oi, I'm buying you a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and it was lovely. Pretty girl well. dancing on the tables, mate. I like your style, eh? Just, just, walk, just walk up and don't mix your words, huh? <laughs> no, just, you know. That is something he is it was not. A great, it was a great strategy, shy. Jack, you know, under circumstances. We just went straight in there, you know, just determined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knew what I wanted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. and then from there, yeah, it's been an incredible journey. Five, we've been married five years next month and yeah. um, been together, together eight. nearly eight years and we've, um, had the business for five yeah. years, yeah. Just wouldn't so. change a thing. It's yeah. just crazy to think how such a chance meeting in Byron Bay mm-hmm. could result in everything that we have right now. Like it still blows my mind. Yeah. Imagine if, well, imagine if I hadn't have, you know, gone out that, gone that day or with those friends. Yeah. If you ever watch <laughs> exactly. the movie, yeah. sliding doors. It's always it makes yeah. you realize that life does have some. Uh, I, you know, there, I believe there is some level of fate to certain things that we're doing. We, we are headed in a, in a determined direction, but also there's a lot of incidental occasions that can change that direction very quickly too, you know. Um, similar with, with myself, Lucy I, Lucy, I came over here from the UK. I was supposed to be here for four weeks. Oh, no way. Wow. <laughs> that was 11 years ago. Um, oh. And similarly, got ran into the to a girl, and you follow your heart sometimes, right? Instead, of, in, yeah. instead of always just your head, and um, I like and 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 yeah, the rest the rest is history. But I, I one thing I've loved about you two, I've had um, I had obviously the fortunate ability to meet you for the first time, Craig, probably about three or so years ago. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because you yeah. went into Academy, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. We did, a, did a little bit together, and then your one thing I've always really loved about you guys, and I just heard you express it again, is a real high level of humility. It would be very easy for somebody in your position to start to acquire a little bit of arrogance, oh. to start mm. to allow their ego to precede them. And, and yeah. I, I don't yeah. knock anybody for that. Please don't uh. anyone who's listening think that I'm. I say that in a completely derogatory way. When somebody becomes the most successful person in their industry, their country, whatever it may be, yeah. it naturally comes with a self-assurance. It comes with mm-hmm. an improved level of self-confidence, and I get that. But one thing I've definitely got from you guys is you've stayed feet on the ground. Can you talk into a little bit about whether that was something you decided or that's just happened organically because it's inside your character? And for anybody else who may be also on that wrap-it-up scale what advice would you give them about maintaining their humility and what benefits that adds in the business arena? Yeah, definitely. I think um, both least myself have come from very similar, similar say, backgrounds. backgrounds. Um, we go by the mantra, um, I know I do a lot, of um, stay humble but stay hungry. Yeah. So we've, yeah, no matter, I said to Lucy, no matter 
when we first started the business, I've, I knew obviously with my vision of where we're going, where we're going to be at, we're going to achieve incredible things and we're starting to achieve incredible things now. No matter how big we get, no matter how much money we earn, whatever we do, we'll always stay humble. And I think that's important as people to stay grounded. And as you said, Jack, um, arrogance won't get you anywhere. Ego won't get you anywhere. And I think it's just nice to be a good person, isn't it, Lucy? It's mm. Yeah, and you know what? There's a really there's a funny saying my nan sort of hammered yeah. into when I was growing up. She said, you catch more flies with sugar than you do with vinegar or something. <laughs> and it's so true. And I, and yeah. I feel like you can propel through life being a good person and being someone that people want to talk to, you know. Uh, we yeah. always feel like we should be the type of business people that we would want to deal with. You know, yeah. uh, we don't want to deal with people who are arrogant or rude or, or anything. It leaves a bad taste in your mouth. There's, there's no need for it. So, yeah, yeah, we just try all the time to, you know, set an example and, and just be good people. I, I can't imagine being any other way. And certainly if there was any ego, we'd probably slap it out of each other pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's also probably one of the positives as well is that I – I maybe was in a different phase where my business was going, was growing and growing and my income was growing and my, my wealth was improving, but mm. my wife did never changed, right? Her situation yeah. didn't change. It was changing vicariously through, through me and through her marriage to me, but mm. she was not changing as a person. And I could find myself becoming unappreciative for things like, oh, I've got to bloody go to this Gold Coast Suns game in this box with these people on Saturday. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's like it's my only day off. I'm thinking, through five years ago, you would have told me I was going to live sports. If I was sat, you know, in the bleachers, I would have been the happiest man in the city that I got a ticket to go to the game, right? And yeah. all of a sudden, these things that were once your dream had become your normality, so you were taking them for granted. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's good, it's good that you've kind of got both of you moving in the same direction at the same time so that one of you can say, Hey, hold on, but you're just, yeah. you're just getting a bit carried away there. Um, mm. little bits we do that. have something that we sort of yell out every now and then if, if, and sometimes it's just in a funny way because sometimes we'll mock ourselves for whinging about something, yeah. but you know, we do yell out, we're like, Oh, well, you know, some people don't have clean water to drink, which yeah. is, yeah. we can say it in a funny way, but it's a really quick oh, reminder of yeah. just how lucky we yeah. are. Yeah, Definitely. Gratitude goes a long way. Like with, mm. I think, we're so grateful to be able to live and work in the, on the Gold Coast and be able to base ourselves here. It's, yeah, and we've both yeah. gone through we've both gone through phases in our life where we've both had to work three jobs. You know, Craig worked three jobs to put himself through his chef apprenticeship. I worked three jobs just to pay rent. <laughs> and you know, there's been many times where both of us have to feed ourselves, and and you know, we still found a way to get through that. And when we first met Jack, we didn't have two $5 notes to rub together, but we didn't care. We still got married. We were happy as anything. And so I think... Two fibers. <laughs> two fibers. What I find funny sometimes is the relationships that work without it. So without yeah. the fancy $300 mm-hmm. dinner, without the nice mm-hmm. handbag, without the yep. fancy car, without the, the five-star holiday, the relationships that work without them generally will only improve with them, right? Yeah. Like it, it surely can only make it better because you were my best mate. I found you hilarious. I loved you without it. So the fact that we have it now is just a cherry on top of a beautiful cake to start with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Let me get into a little bit of your business then. So um, without me stealing any of your thunder, what is Temp Chef Labour Hire? Exactly how did you identify a niche in the market? And then also if you could keep rambling and talk a little bit into strategically 
how did you contact and then ultimately partner with some of the largest you know, mining resource export companies in the entire country? Can you talk us a little bit through your business? So we originally started Jack, uh, it was yeah, originally called Tempshire Labor Hire. We have restructured in probably the past 12 to 18 months, move over to TCLH. Um, Which is a strategic method that we'll get into shortly as to why we changed from Champions Labor High to TCLH. Yeah, yeah, we'll get that into shortly. Yeah. Um, but look, we, we saw, I saw a big gap in the market. Um, I was working for a few different remote hospitality companies before out in the mines, oil rigs. Um, long story short, I, I got made redundant. The oil price went from $77 to $21 overnight. Um, thousands of people got laid off pretty much and and we just got married and just bought a house. Just, so yeah, so perfect, perfect timing. <laughs> <laughs> 2013, 2014 at this point? Uh, the 14, yeah, 14. Yeah? Yeah. That's about right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, so, yeah, and then I had a, a bit of a break, had a pretty bad motorbike crash in my loose and yeah. hospitalised myself. I was in a pretty bad state and then He's the doctor... Yeah, the, the doctor said to me, Jack, he sort of said, oh, you know, what, what are you good at? What do you like doing? I said, oh, you know, I love cooking and I, I um, you know, I love motorbikes. He said, well, you should give up bikes and, and, and you know, stick, stick to being a chef cooking. So I really thought hard, went home and, you know, um, sort of taught myself how to write with my left hand a bit of a business plan, you could say, and um, went out, brought a, an invoice book, didn't I, Lucy? Oh, he came home one Saturday morning <laughs> and he'd been at the newsagent for half an hour and he came back and he slapped his paper invoice books and log books and all the, all the other things. And he's like, that's it. I'm starting a business. And I, I responded. I was like, oh, cool. Okay. What, what are you doing? I'll help. And, uh, yeah, it, we got into it through providing chefs as labour hire because we kind of knew that would be a step in the door. Labour hire has very little overheads. Um, we had no startup capital. So no, no we, investment. No, yeah, yeah. So we just thought, okay, well, you know, hiring staff and on costing it is a pretty easy way to to start a business. Um, so, you know, Craig got him and a couple of chef mates to come on board and we went down. We reputation on the Gold Coast, didn't we? Yeah. We started off with just doing pubs and, you know, cafes and restaurants, surf clubs, and then, um, uh, you know, I, I sort of knew that um, the, the oil industry would bounce back every, you know, yeah. whenever there's a downturn, the resources sector, there's always a, a pretty big bounce back. So um, I think we spent about a year doing sort of temp chef work on the Gold Coast. And it was good because it gave us good experience. Do you know, when we first started, Craig was too cheap to buy a laptop and he said, we don't need a bloody laptop, we've got our phones, that's it. Oh, yeah. And and, and I've always been very much into the uh, office side of things. And I said, well, look, Craig, we need to write some sort of contract, you know, we need need something. And I said, how are we going to do it without a computer? He said, well, we'll have to figure it out. So off we drove in our $500 Ford Festiva over to Broadbeach Library to Google client agreement contracts. And we wrote our first, first contract, contract with, in the library, yeah. With, was it for Burley Bears? I, f- I forget who it was, but we, 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 yeah, we hired the computer out. And then we were like, it was running out of time, so we had to like go top it up with like our coins. I don't know and, how we got through, Jack, honestly. Um, but anyway, and then after a year or so of that, Craig said, right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a crack getting into FIFA work. We, we've, we're going to take a different direction and um, – our first contract was with Toll, actually, Toll, Toll Group, so they're pretty big, and they just said, you know. Um, yeah. And they told us to go away a few times. Yeah, we got turned down for, like, a good two years, Jack. We got relentlessly turned down, told to, like, F yeah, off, now, whatever you guys. In there, for anybody listening, please understand that you're, you're listening, you're seeing Craig and Lucy 
when some of you are going to call them an overnight success, which is probably going <laughs> to piss them off. Something <laughs> right? but we've seen the result of six years of incredibly hard work, but I think what yeah. you need to hear is they didn't have a computer, so they found one. You're looking at something where you went to Toll Energy and got rejected once, twice, oh. three times. Um, the true master has been rejected more times than the apprentice even tried. Yeah. So take away from listening to this, please, that the good, the good businesses that you want to work with do not just open, you know, invite you in with open arms. You've got to earn that right. And I think mm-hmm. I love the saying, you catch more flies with sugar than you do vinegar. But another one, three words for you to write down is persistence beats resistance. Oh, that's his favorite saying. 100%, Jack. And I think... You know, I, my, my, I still go by our sales approach. I won't go into too much detail, but like I just knew that these companies I wanted to align ourselves with needed our services. They needed our staff and the industry needed um, someone change. to go in there, a change and to shake things up. We just had to and find a way to show people correct. that we weren't just a couple of idiot kids from the Gold Coast, that mm. we actually had really strong business beliefs, good morals, good values, and a really good service to offer. Mm-hmm. And so while we were busy kind of hammering, breaking down the doors of all these clients that kept saying no for a while, we were working on building everything up internally, building up our internal structure with our teams, getting our structural organisation together, you know, and now we're... we're yeah, some of our biggest clients, like our biggest clients now are the ones that told us numerous times, no, we'll never use you. And then they've come knocking, you know, on our doors. And, and now we're having to put a bit of a, a stop on things for the rest of this year because we actually can't take any more work on. We, we had a massive goal in January to have, you know, five individual sites that we were managing and, and running. 60 staff. We That was a 12-month goal. We, we pretty much smashed that in five months. So we're yeah. like target we're already pretty much reached our yeah. target there and so we're just trying to be sensible now and, and uh, yeah. not do the old grow too big too quick thing we've got to make no, sure we I've, I've, I've seen businesses who grow too quickly fail yeah. as often yeah. as businesses that can't grow at all 100 um, those operational inefficiencies cause a lack of quality to the end user and then exactly. all of a sudden instead of having five sites you had 15 but you lost 12 of them next year yeah, you know, because it's like I think of it like a car. Like we can't make the car drive faster if the engine's falling apart. Yeah, like it's only going to drive faster if we keep looking after the engine and maintaining it. Correct. But, so. And I think ego has a lot to play with that as well, Jack. You know, not letting yourself get in the way. I mean, we've got there's a few projects we could take on now that would be financially, you know, rewarding for us as directors, but it would be potentially crippling for the workloads of pressures on our staff, for our, you know, field staff, it, it, it would have a horrible adverse effect on the rest of the business. And so it's important that we always stay connected. Isn't it? Sustainable success is what's important. Having hyper growth can make you a million bucks this year, but it's not about making a million bucks this year. It's about making a million bucks every year. Yeah, correct. And we're all about long-term uh, as well. Like we grew, I'm not sure if Lucy... The first two years we grew, I think, around seven hundred percent, and then year three was three hundred and thirty-three or something, and then year on end it's been around eighty. It went to eighty, and then it went to forty something. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's been good. It is more realistic. Again, people listening to that don't don't think because they went from seven hundred to three hundred to one hundred to forty, <laughs> you go, oh, so their business is now struggling. No, once you go from <laughs> a couple of hundred grand revenue to a good few million dollars revenue, it's unreasonable to keep growing at three hundred percent a year, right? It's just not. Exactly. Well, 
and that's it. And if and to put it into context for anybody that might be thinking, what on earth did those percentages mean? Year one, we turned over a whopping seven thousand, uh, and then the last year was uh, four million. So it's quite yeah. a nice. If that means that our uh, growth rate goes down, but our revenue goes up, then we're doing pretty good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think it's also your challenge is one I, I, I suffered with myself. I created a recruitment model in this country that had never been seen before in the belief that everybody was just going to bite my hand off. Like, why would they not want to do this? It's completely different yeah, yeah. to any other way. It's so much better. But... The biggest thing I was getting was uh, because there's a lack of consumer understanding or consumer education on this new model that I've created, that people are often, you know, better the devil they know. If, if it wasn't broke, they don't want to fix it. Mm. Um, and I guess for you guys, it was part of that too, was you were trying to say to them, I have a way to do this that is going to be more time efficient, more cost effective, and have more quality to the end user, which is the person eating the food. And they said, oh, yeah, but... I mean, we've done it this way for 50 years now. And you're trying to overcome the legacy of the, the mindset of how they do things around there, you know? So one thing I, I love, I love this about you guys. I read, I read that, and it's one of Lucy's quotes. I can't, I can't quote the, um, the publication that I, that I got it from, but in a publication, Lucy says, one of the best things about um, TCLH is the ability to put back into the local community by hiring and upskilling Indigenous Australians, running well-being programs for remote workers, and educating people about nutrition. That, yeah. to me, as I'm saying that, puts it makes all the hairs on my arm stand up. Yeah, that's, that's a big thing for us, Jack. It, it's so important that we give back. And, um, you know, it, I think, especially in the communities we work in, the, the market we're in or the industry has always been, um, the companies have been there, I won't mention many names, but like they've always just purchased bulk out of the bigger cities and they've bypassed all these local communities that um, along the way disadvantaged because of these projects. So we're actually, we're like, well, fuck that sort of a thing. We're going to go do the opposite. Yes, it might not be not as profitable, you know, but at the same time we get to engage with the community, upskill um, we, we get to create jobs and, um, you know, just think. And feel like we're doing the right thing. You know, it's yeah. nice to go to sleep at night and feel like I'm, I'm earning my money by being a good person and Correct. not by, you know, rotting people out of things. Sure. Um, but, you know, and I nutrition's think. Nutrition's a big thing as well. Yeah. Like since, since we brought in our um, nutritionist as well last year, we really, um, we go in deeper, Jack, in, into, you know, the the catering side of it as well as you know the health and well-being of, of the crews because you know these guys are working 12 10 12 hours a day and um you know they need to be well fed and accommodated you know it's, it's their productivity and happiness out there so historically you know they've been fed powdered eggs powdered mashed potato powdered milk yeah. you know stuff that's just cooked in perth or brisbane chucked on a truck and shipped out and no one cares about it you know, I could go one of two ways with these conversations. One of how strongly we feel about the Indigenous communities that we work with, mm-hmm. you know, eventually it's not out of our scope that I would love for us to be able to, I don't, I'm going to just put it out there one day, I'd love to be able to take over some of these roadhouses out in the middle of mm-hmm. nowhere and change the way that they feed people out there because they are, everything's deep fried. And so these communities are going and they're, and they're eating all this deep fried stuff all the time. They've got no education about fresh nutritional food um, and how important it is so that, you know, one day we want to have more impact on local communities by teaching about good food. 
And then yeah. the other side of things that we are also equally passionate about is the mental health of the FIFA workers, which relates back to what Craig said about this it's, good nutritional food. Yeah. You know, imagine working 12 hours a day for three weeks, away from your family, away from your loved ones, and you get home after all that hard work, back to camp, and all you've got is beige slop. You know, it would eventually start to chip away and make you feel like that's all you deserve, and it's not. And then, and then what do those people those. turn to, um, guys? Is it then the alcohol and and the, like all of a sudden? Because when you're unhappy or unsatisfied in certain parts of your life, you find uh, distractions, right? Or you find yeah. like to alleviate that. Um, yeah. Correct. It's, yeah. it's the, the nutritional, then it's the physical health, then it's the mm -hmm. mental health impact, then it's the social impact when they go home. Mm -hmm. Because you're going home to your wife or husband who you love so much, but you don't feel comfortable in your own skin because you know you're packing on a bit of timber. So that affects your sex life or, you know, yeah. your physical engagement with each other. And all of a sudden, like a domino rally, you can watch somebody go from hero to zero. And mm. it actually can stem from such simplistic things, such as just putting the right vitamins, minerals and nutrients into your body. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, and it's been, like our, our service our package is being tested and proven, you know, like, Myself, I, I did a heap of, of self-tests out there on things. And, you know, since we've, we've had our, you know, health and wellbeing coach come on board as well, we've just, we're doing some incredible things. I, I think it's just nice that our crews, we, we treat our crews like family and, you know, our, our sites are a home away from home yeah. for them. It's, it's important. But that goes back to a basic fundamental belief that Craig and I have is that just every human being deserves to be treated like they're worth something because everyone eats. You know, I don't know where all this hierarchy stuff comes into play of, oh, well, you're only allowed this and you're allowed this. No, you know, everyone is a human being and they deserve to be taken care of and made to feel good about themselves. Mm. Uh, it's crazy. You I know? was watching the, because it, it, it popped up for about two minutes on the project. So I ended up going back and watching a documentary about Kathy Freeman. Mm. I could not believe that in 1990, the year I was born, that, she was basically banished for carrying an Aboriginal flag live on TV. Yeah, it's disgusting. They, 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 and there was at one point in one when she was very young, 19, I think it might have been 86 or 87, she won a race but was not given the trophy because she was black. Yeah. You know? And you think, wow, that, that, was, that was 33. That, that, I'm not talking like sometimes when people talk about insidious or institutional racism. Oh, right? yeah. They think when you're talking the late 1800s, you know, or World War One or two. Yeah. We're talking about our lifetime, you know, yeah. in our late 20s, early 30s, as a young entrepreneur's community, in our lifetime. So if you sit there and you think, why do these people have a bee in their bonnet? Why on April, you know, on January 26th, do they call it Invasion Day and they march? And pro these things are real to certain people and it's very, very fresh in their memory. So I think Absolutely. we can't hold ourselves guilty of the actions that former generations took, mm. but what we can hold ourselves accountable for is putting our hands up to make a change. Absolutely. Yep. And I will say I'm really grateful for our age group because I feel like we are the change that is going to happen in, in our society and I'm happy that we're all like that. Yeah, absolutely. Let's let me take this back onto um onto the business side of things. So your your big win, or I believe I would, would be a bloody big win if it was me. But just <laughs> moment, moments ago, you secured a contract with a thirty billion dollar US com, um, USD turnover. So I'm talking sort of in the region of over forty two billion dollars Australian um, a year. Ninety thousand staff based across six continents in Anglo American. 
Um, firstly, congratulations. <laughs> How does that yeah, make you? Thank you. you. Make yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, I think just proud. I think it's, 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 it's pretty incredible, Jack, because, um, this company has um, used or one or two companies globally for their facilities management or, or catering online sites and exploration. So we're, we're starting to get a bit of traction now where companies of this size are seeing or realising that there's more out there and yeah. they want more, they're going to spend more yeah. on feeding and accommodating their crews to the highest of standards. And and we and we back up our pricing. Like, correct. yeah, we're more expensive than, I don't call them competition because quite frankly I don't care about them. But, um, mm. you know, we are a bit more expensive than the others out there, but we back it up with what we serve and the feedback that we get. And we, we find that we're building such long-term relationships with these clients because they can't believe what they've been paying for in the past and what they can get with us. Yeah. And, and Anglo is, is a big, it's a whale. So really. it, it's definitely, it's opened the doors up to us a lot. So we're looking, um, we've like our growth strategies of um, a couple other clients have sort of asked us to, to come overseas, Jack, and start setting up sites in UAE, Southeast Asia, um, these sorts of places. So it's, it's like the bigger picture of things. It's, it's incredible. And like the fact that we, you know, us, I see ourselves as like little giants, can align ourselves with a company of this size. It's mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's we're really proud for that. And yeah. Yeah, to, listen to, someone, to listen to someone say I made seven thousand dollars revenue in my first. <laughs> I did not have two five dollar notes to rub together. I was driving. <laughs> 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 when, when we first met up, we we had our meetings with the global team in uh, South South America and then uh, South Africa and then uh, the London head office and in Brazil and oh, all these meetings and um, this was during COVID as well so you know we we were sat in our home and um, doing all these um, you know meetings with, with with the board and everything and we were just like did that just happen like did we just but I, I will say Jack I have to really praise credit Craig for the way that he brings business into our business um in that he is he is politely relentless with clients potential clients existing clients he's so disciplined with not taking no for an answer but never being pushy with people or always just staying in the conversation yeah Yeah. absolutely and and every massive client that we have is because of craig's hard work on building these solid relationships with people and and gaining that trust from them for, for them then to say, okay, well, what can you do for me? Let's have a look at your product then. You know, he, he'll, he's chatted to people in WA for two years before we even got a look in to tender for a project, but he never gave up. Well, it's, it's, I think it's about it's building strong relationships and trust. Um, you know, um, obviously, Jack, you know, well, selling with honestly and ethically is really important and, um, you know, mm. People will buy something off you if they want something. You know, they'll come to you if they want something. And I think the the whole sales approach from our end is it's totally different. We've gone against the norm or the grain of, of how we do things. And as Lisa said, we've been speaking to clients for three or four years. And um, you know, we're next year we're looking at starting. I can't uh, confidentiality, uh, but yeah. um, they're sort of it's it's a rare earth uh, mining company who who are working. You know, with Volkswagen and Tesla. So, like, we're we're in a position to provide our services to them, and we've dealt. That's but we've be, dealt with them for three years. Yeah, so three, it'll be four years by the time it comes up. But it's it's a twelve million dollar job. So you know, um, I think that if you're sitting there four years. a young entrepreneur right now, and I think the biggest mistake that the next generation call them five to ten years behind us guys 
are made. Mm. You're all seeking instant gratification. You're yeah. all desperate to make the sale on the day, you know, whereas yeah. listen to what Craig and Lucy are telling you, you know, that they're, the old Warren Buffett saying is somebody is sitting in the shade today because somebody planted a tree there a long, long time ago. Yeah. Right? And that's the idea that Craig and Lucy are about to have their biggest payday in their company's history <laughs> based off of the work that they've been doing for three years. Not three minutes, three days, three weeks, three months. I think that's amazing. I think it's absolutely amazing. I could speak to you two until I was blue in the face. Oh, no, <laughs> we asked you for 40 minutes and I've used those 40 minutes. So in, oh, in summary for me, um, where is TCLH going? Where are Craig and Lucy going? And how can anybody who's listening to this that wants to convince their mindsight manager to get in touch with your business, how can they get in touch with you guys? Yeah, oh, correct. So any, any which way they want. They any can come in for a cup of tea if they like. We've got a pretty, we've got an open door policy now. We know it's like we. Everyone's welcome. Our phones, their emails. Uh, we've got LinkedIn. LinkedIn. We've got you know we've got an office in Perth uh, on office the Gold Coast LinkedIn. here. Um, yeah, we're quite easily contact. Very easily, contactable. easily contactable. <laughs> contactable. <laughs> but if, if, if in doubt, jump on to www.tclh.correct.com and you'll find the guys from there. You will. You might even see a cheeky photo of us like somewhere on the website. Yeah. But um, um, no, look, I think, I think, no, I don't think, I know. I know that we have got a phenomenal future ahead of us with the business. I know this because we've worked so hard to build these foundations and we're finally at a point where we're starting to build on top of these foundations now and it's paying. Yeah. Oh, I might just say, Jack, sorry, one more thing before we go. <laughs> we've actually just secured our first offshore job. Uh, we're off to P&G next month. So yes. um, I thought I'd just check I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that one. But yeah, but yeah anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so is that going to require offices in Port Moresby now moving forward? Or <laughs> Maybe one forward? day. Maybe one day. You never know. Maybe. Never say never. But no, no. Um, yeah, the bigger goal, I think, is we just want to stay grounded. Um, there's, it's a big country, you know, that there's a lot of people and the, the industry in is quite small, but niche. And I think um, we're, going to be, we're going to be the little giants. We're definitely going to um, – we don't want to be the biggest, but we definitely want to be the best. So yeah. Amazing, amazing. Well, on behalf of uh, everybody, thank you so much for being so open and willing to share your story. It's one that for someone like myself that comes from equally humble beginnings, it really fuels me and reminds yeah. me that, you know, we're not all products of the environments in which we're raised or products of the, you know, the hand with which we're dealt. Your mm. hand is as good as you choose to play it, you know, and I think yeah. that dogged determination, that drive and discipline to be relentless, don't be willing to say no, don't be willing to accept defeat and quickly realize that many of you are probably far more educated, far more intelligent than Craig, Lucy, or myself, but we've been able to create multi-million dollar businesses off the back of a willingness to fail and yeah. be able to minimize and sort of own our own ego. So um, thank you for your amazing advice. I cannot wait to see both of your faces when we can finally have some social events and get our award in, uh, in a few weeks' time. But... Um, God bless both of you, and we uh, we look Thank forward you. to seeing more great news from TCLH in the not too distant future. Thanks, Thanks Jack. So yeah. good to talk to you. I really appreciate yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. We'll speak soon. Bye. Love. Thanks, Jack. Bye. Yeah. Bye now. 
This episode of Talking to Trailblazers is brought to you by Salesforce. In this digital work-from-anywhere world, Salesforce enables small businesses to create a 360-degree view of their customers, helping them build great customer relationships and supporting their path to growth. Salesforce brings companies and customers together. To learn more, head to salesforce.com forward slash au forward slash small business.